I'm Neil Wilkins, and welcome to The Mindful Living Show. So let's get started then. This is a really hot topic for anybody in marketing right now here in 2021. This is the concept of purpose and sustainability. We're going to explore those two topics. Um, They really are hot topics uh, for anybody in marketing and communications. And to be honest, anybody who's making any decisions right now on behalf of their organisation. It's really important to be considering these things. They're not only important for the planet and for the environment, uh, they're also important for any stakeholder, anybody who has a vested interest in how your organisation is performing. And that includes both internally and externally. So your staff and your management, as well as customers and any people who are um, part of your um, supply chain or your value chain, as we call it, within marketing. So we're going to go through a number of concepts leading on to what you can actually do about it, because one of the key things right here, right now, is that a lot of people are talking about purpose, higher purpose um, and value, and they're talking about sustainability. And what we need to do really is to not only understand very clearly what those things are, but also what we can do about them, because we don't just want this to be um, a concept or a set of concepts and ideas that just really sit on the planning table um, and never see the light of day. It's really important as we start to um, materialise some ideas and opportunities um, and maybe threats as well that come from these concepts and actually bring them to life. So actually make them into deliverable things where we can do something about them. Now, this isn't a brand new concept. Um, About 18 months ago, Mark Carney, then the governor of the Bank of England, said, and in a very well quoted and often quoted statement, he said that firms ignoring the climate crisis will go bankrupt. Um, He's also said a lot of other things around this whole topic of taking into consideration what we as individuals and what we as organisations and businesses contribute to the world around us. So there is a broader thing going on here. It isn't just about, as we'll see as we go through this conversation, it isn't just about marketing of products and services. That was in the old days. You could kind of get away with that, whether it's right or wrong is another matter, but you could get away with that sort of marketing. Right here, right now, unless we are doing ethical, sustainable marketing, defining and delivering a higher purpose and real value to everything and everyone around us, we, according to Mark Carney, will go bankrupt. In other words, there is an inherent need to take this stuff seriously. Now, it is here right now. This isn't a future concept. This isn't an innovation for next year or the year after. This is happening to us right here, right now. And it still baffles me how many organisations are either failing to see it or seeing it and then ignoring it and trying to resort back to business as usual or the normal or the new normal. What is that going to be? Well, none of us actually know because we're coming through a a very chaotic time. A lot of times um, we're sort of seeing this with a lot of uncertainty. And of course, that is a challenge for us within organisations and within marketing. But what Mark Carney says very, very clearly is that if you bury your head in the sand as a marketer or as an organisation, you will not be here in probably the short to medium term. 
So this is something to be taking very, very seriously right now. So we need to define what we mean by purpose. And it is that overarching um, value that we as people, as a collection of people in our organisations are bringing to the world. Okay, we will probably still need to market products and services to to survive, and that is fine. But doing it in the context of a world that is changing and a world that needs us to be doing things ethically, morally correctly, and just doing the right thing, and that's something that we are going to look at as we go through this conversation. Now, I've already mentioned the word sustainability a couple of times here. Now, this is something that we really need to kind of understand because sustainability is one of those words that has become very, very popular in recent months and years. And there's lots of different definitions. There's lots of different takes on this word sustainability. So what I want to do is just explore with you just for a moment what we actually mean by being sustainable. Okay. So if you look in the dictionary, um, sustainability is described as the avoidance of the depletion of natural resources in order to maintain an ecological balance. In other words, don't consume more than you give back. Don't just consume for the sake of it be consuming the right kinds of things to deliver what it is you do. So in other words, offering a sustainable value to the world that you are contributing to. So if you create products, it's doing it in a sustainable manner. In other words, it's not having a heavy green footprint. Um, it's actually being doing things, you know, ideally, possibly, uh, in a sort of a carbon neutral way. But that is only one element of sustainability, and that's often where most organisations stop. They think about their recycling, they think about their footprint, they think about whether they're consuming by green energy, and then they think the job is done. And it really is just scratching the surface, so we need to look a little bit deeper about what this means for our organisation. And the United Nations have got a nice definition. They say that this is meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. So there's something here about longevity. There's something here in this definition of sustainability. And if you were to apply it to your own business or your own organisation, about thinking about this as being a long-term commitment so that you're not just doing stuff for today, for the profits of today, for the people in your business today, or for your customers today, you're creating marketing and you're creating an offer and a proposition and a message and the stuff that you deliver so that you can actually be here in the future, doing the right things and maintaining an ecological balance. So we're kind of weaving those two things together. But possibly that still isn't quite enough to know or get a steer on, well, what does this mean for me? What can I do? You know, the United Nations, well, that's a huge global organisation. And what does that mean to little old me? Well, OK, looking a little bit more closely then, the World Business Council talks about sustainability as managing financial, social and environmental risks, obligations and opportunities. And they then define that as being about managing people, planet and profits and joining those three P's, those three things together so that you can actually sustain your business to not only meet the needs of today, but the needs of tomorrow without depleting natural resources. So sustainability, if you think about it in more detail here, 
it is actually quite a holistic view of how you are going to be doing business, of how you're going to interact with your customers, of how you're going to develop products and services. It's not just your green footprint. It's more than that. Yes, that is a key part of it, but it's just one element. And I particularly like that World Business Council um, focus, if you like, because it's quite clear that it touches on a number of different areas. So it's managing financial stuff. So it's doing the right things by your finances. So make, creating the right profits. So not just you know, taking any customer, but taking the right customers, not just buying the right widgets, but buying, you know, not buying any widgets, but buying the right widgets. It's about having a, a sensibility towards the social impact that you have. So it's taking on, you know, that commitment to how you engage with the people around your organisation and also obviously the environmental impact. So it's a nice kind of rounded view of sustainability. So already you might be starting to see a few little opportunities to maybe introducing some ideas to your organization that's really what this webinar is about it's about not necessarily getting the answer but beginning the right level of conversation because if all your organization talks about right now is recycling and green footprint then there's more to be said okay so this is starting to uncover some of the other opportunities that kind of can be woven into that story and that's to me what's really really important and it's particularly important right here, right now, because we are going through unprecedented change. I've said in, in recent webinars and podcasts that, you know, in the 35 years that I've been in marketing, I have never seen so much opportunity. Now, lots of people call this chaos. A lot of people call this confusion. They're looking to return to, and I'll use that word again, the new normal. I don't even think there's going to be that kind of a thing on the other side of this. I think we are going to need to embrace constant and relentless change and I think we need to be reinventing our marketing and reinventing our propositions to accommodate that change and in fact actually welcome it and embrace it you know we've seen over the last 12 to 18 months you know ourselves personally but also our organizations really challenged as to whether we're doing the right thing as to whether we're in the right places as to whether we need to kind of pack up and start again and for some of us, personally and professionally, that is what we've had to do. We've been forced to do that. But this is much more of a, an acceptance that we're going to voluntarily change as organisations. So purpose and sustainability going forward beyond 2021 is actually about embracing change and saying, hey, come on, world, keep challenging me. Come on, keep sort of putting things into my path that are hurdles and barriers and things that I've got to accommodate and adapt to. Because the organisations that Mark Carney was talking about are the ones who are going to be receptive and welcoming and embracing change. So this is a very different mindset. This is not the mindset of old where you can pick up a marketing textbook, you can read it from cover to cover and think you're a marketer. This is not about that. Yes, you still need those core skills and some of them, hopefully, will still be relevant. It's not about having a great digital footprint where you can look at it and say, hey, we've got more followers than the competition. Well, it might be a little bit about that, but it's also about, about a heck of a lot more. And what we're looking for here is to kind of see a new position. We might even see ourselves a new market opportunity because most of us on the other side of, you know, the lockdown and the pandemic, 
when we start to emerge from what has been you know, quite a restrictive set of practices for many sectors, is we're going to be looking and observing this new marketing format and this new marketing world and seeing potentially opportunity, but also threats. And as part of that kind of observation, we must be searching for competitive advantage because there will not be as many organisations on the other side successfully striving forward. There won't be necessarily um, so many um, sort of open-ended budgets that you know, your customers might have already had. If you're in B2B, there was a lot of money being splashed around on the previous side. On the new side, people are going to be more cautious. Undoubtedly, the, um, the economy is going to take a, a monster big hit, and that will take some time to recover. So what we're going to need to do as marketers is search for competitive advantage. In other words, what makes us different what makes us more valuable? What makes us more attractive? And it's not the same old product and service messages. Those things are gone. Those things are what we used to trade on before this lockdown, before this new world that we're seeing emerging. So what we need as marketers to do is to kind of figure out, well, what do we need to trade on then? What does give us competitive advantage if it's not our products and services? Well, is it our brand? And in some ways, yes, it is your brand because the name, the ethos, the essence of who you are as a group of people operating in a particular sector or in a particular marketplace, that is something which still will give you competitive advantage but only if you're doing and saying and being the right things. Because this new world means that our customers have changed. Their attitudes have changed. What they're looking for has changed. We're not playing in the same ballpark that we were. And actually, we're not really even playing the same game that we were playing. And what you might find is that your competition, as you've adapted who you are as an organisation and as you've changed or needed to change your marketing messages. Maybe you were on offline and now you're online. Maybe you were online and now you've had to go offline. There's all this change and adaptation, which means potentially we've got different competitors. Because if we've done something differently, we might have entered, unbeknown to us or planned, into a new marketplace. And if we have, that could open up some really significant and positive opportunities, but also some threats. And of course, what we're all looking for here is some level of assurance, some level of confidence and some level of sustainability into the future, because we want to sustain our relationships with customers. We want to sustain the profits that feed and fuel our business so we can reinvest into the new things that we want to do. So this is about having a long-term and a short-term view. We've got to survive, undoubtedly, because some of us are coming out the other side of this here in 2021 with some really big, big challenges. And so for some of us, one of the biggest things is going to be on this journey from where we came from to where we're going is business survival. So at the very first level, our marketing approach needs to be to protect what is still relevant here today. Now, this could be what we're protecting actually is still quite new, but we need to be very mindful that, yes, it's all very well talking about long-term sustainability, but we need to pay the bills today. We need to be able to serve customers today. We need to get some revenues in and make some sales today. It's really still important. And then the journey will continue once we've kind of established how that's going to work through innovation and potentially pivoting. 
Innovation is where you're coming up, not necessarily with new ideas, but it could be just more efficient ways of doing stuff. And that can apply to your people and your processes and your profits and planet. So you can become more green. You can be more effective with your people. You can communicate better than you did before. You can be, you know, really improve your processes and, and create efficiencies, which then in themselves lead to better profits and more effective use of your revenues that are coming in. So innovation can be things that are is a very granular level, as well as some of the big stuff that you would want to do. So this is where you enter new markets or you come up with a new technology and you do things differently. You've got to define what innovation means to you. And by going through all of that process, you get the opportunity, and you almost certainly will, irrespective of your organization's size or breadth or sector, to pivot. And by pivoting, what we mean is you're almost turning the whole ship by 90 degrees. So whereas in the past, of the last sort of few years, you knew which direction you were going in, there are opportunities now to turn the ship through 90 degrees and sail off in a completely different direction. And if it ticks all of the boxes, because you can serve that different direction and you're relevant and you can be heard, you can be found and you can afford to do this, even with business survival, then maybe pivoting and doing something as an organisation very differently could be the right thing to do. And the rest of the journey will follow on in terms of managing this and observing it and evaluating it and just checking in constantly and consistently as a management team but also as people on the ground doing the doing that you can actually maintain an enduring journey in other words you're not just setting yourself up to fall at the next hurdle or in a month or year's time what you're doing is you're surviving today you're innovating potentially pivoting and refocusing and you're creating a new system and a new framework to endure your marketing and your organisation into the future. So you can manage this process. And think of it as a journey. As you get more and more ideas, think about whether they're short-term, medium-term or long-term. Think about who you need on that journey. Think about the people internally and externally who can actually contribute to this conversation. This is exciting stuff. We have never had an opportunity, like I said before, of doing it this way. Because marketing was marketing, business was business, communication was communication. The, the rule book has almost been torn up. There are still little kind of snippets of it still that are relevant. But this is the new world. This is a new form of marketing. Hugely exciting. And if you're risk averse, this is going to be a challenge. If you love embracing challenge, then this is the place for you. And it's happening whether you want it to happen or not. So what I'm encouraging you to do here is to take all these little pieces and reflect on them. You're not going to necessarily come up with the answers here today, but reflection and evaluation and looking and spotting those little opportunities and then talking is the way forward. Because unless you share this consistently with everybody who's kind of involved in this process within your organisation, it's going to be a hard, hard thing to do. And in essence, what we're trying to do here in all senses of the word value is create enduring value. And I love that phrase because there's three words here which really stand for something. To be honest, this is now one of my sort of new definitions of marketing that I'm working with, the creation of enduring value. It used to be creating products and services to satisfy customer needs to make a profit feels like that's gone. 
that's still kind of there in a tiny, tiny little corner of the room. But the thing that is standing in the centre of the room and saying, come on and serve me, is the creation of enduring value. Creation. This is about being proactive and productive. Enduring. That means this is building things that are going to be here tomorrow. And value means that it's serving a purpose. It's serving a need. It's delivering something that is of worth. So the creation of enduring value. If you're not attending to this kind of a definition, you're talking the old world of marketing. This is about being proactive. This is about being future thinking. And this is about being very outcomes focused. And so the visual of having, you know, this little lens that you're looking through so that you can focus in on where you can make a difference and where you can add value. That's what this is all about. Try and move away from just doing what you've always done, because that could now be very, very irrelevant to all the stakeholders that we're talking about here. And of course, one of those biggest stakeholders is your customer. So what is your customer value? Well, in the past, your customer probably valued what you told them. Your customer probably valued the relationship that you had with them. Your customer probably valued the products that you had and the services that you wrapped around those products. And that would be enough. And they would part with some kind of return. So they probably would pay you for those things or they'd give you some kind of service in return for those things. And you were happy because you sold those things and they were happy because they got those products and services. That's not what your customer values anymore. Your customer is looking to critique you on a whole different range of things, a whole different range of levels. And this is about understanding what your obligations are in this customer interaction. Because now we've got a whole different range of things that they're critiquing you on, which include how green you are, how ethical you are, how you treat your people, how you talk to them as customers. And are you authentic, honest, true and transparent? If you can't answer yes to each and every one of those things, then there is work to be done because this is really, really important. The way that your customers view the world has changed. It's not changing. It already has changed. You know, you think of what you do when you buy product or service now. You're probably a lot more discretionary in your spend. You're probably a lot more um, tough when it comes to making those decisions. You're probably quite selective in who you want to buy from. And this could be clothes. This could be food. This could be business services. You're probably not going to take just hot air marketing at face value anymore. You're going to do your research. You're going to look on their social media and see whether or not they've been serving other customers well. That You're going to be looking at their credentials and saying, look, are they actually practicing what they preach? If you're doing this as a customer, as a consumer, your customers or consumers are doing this to you. So what are your obligations in providing customer value? Well, it is all of those things that I talked about, being authentic, being ecologically friendly, thinking about your people, thinking about interactions and engagements, thinking about how you're protecting stuff, thinking about how you're sourcing your products and the widgets that you use to build your products or your services, looking at who you do business with, looking at who your resellers, wholesalers, retailers, resellers, agents, whoever they are, looking at how they do business. And if you are not joined up from an end-to-end -end process and you are squeaky clean in all of those facets, 
there is work to be done because you will not even be in the game going forward if you don't understand what your customers are now truly valuing. So move your thinking on beyond just products and services. It has changed and it's really important. And one of the things that they're going to be critiquing you on is your higher purpose. In other words, what is your claimed statement for your really, really true, authentic reason for being there as an organisation? And it's not because you've got product A or product B. It's not because you provide service X or service Y. It's a much higher level thing. What is your purpose? As a group of people coming together to deliver some value to your customers, what is your higher purpose? You know, we've we've celebrated sort of entrepreneurs and startups and people who can get, you know, funding, if you like, over recent years, those entrepreneurs of this world. And there's a new breed, social entrepreneurs who have come out and have actually, you know, created offerings and products and services that deliver a higher social need. And that's been celebrated and they've been almost put on a pedestal. There's now a new breed and these are socially driven, ecologically driven, higher purpose driven entrepreneurs and businesses and marketers who can actually not only be good at doing something, be rewarded for it, can actually be doing something the world really values, but can also show a true passion as a set of people in everything that they do. So there is a sweet spot, there is a a very small definition of your organisation that is actually that sweet spot that covers all of those things. So as an organisation, what are you good at? Maybe what are you even great at? Or maybe are you even best at? What can you be rewarded for in a proper, authentic, ethical way? What does the world actually need from you as a set of people? And it may or may not be those products and services that you've already done. And what is it that you're passionate about as a group of people? If you can't answer these four things, there is work to be done because you really need to, to be able to then define what sits at the centre. What is it that you love, you can be paid for, you're good at, and that delivers great value to all the stakeholders in the world around you? If you can define things or maybe a very, very small number of things that tick all four of those boxes, that is your higher purpose sweet spot. In the old Japanese um, tool, the Ikigai, um, it is really your Ikigai, your reason for being as an organisation. It's not the product you just launched. It's a far more fundamental element to who you are as a group of people than that. And this sweet spot purpose is what your customers are looking for. This is what you should be trading on now because they are wholly interested in your statement of who you actually are because that's the key criteria, that's the key measure that they're going to be assessing as to whether or not to buy your product or service or have a relationship with you. And if you don't know this, somebody else down the road offering similar products and services will know the answer for themselves and they will sell that answer and your customer will go to them. So when Mark Carney talks about this, burying your head in the sand and not taking this stuff seriously, this is why, because others will do it. So please take the opportunity and actually start to think about this stuff. It is incredibly exciting. What's not to like? Figuring out what you love can be rewarded for, a good at, and actually serves a key value to the world around you. This is lovely stuff. 
So we can be trading on some stuff that now for once really means something. So if all we used to do was sell that widget, now we can sell that widget with real purpose. It's exciting, exciting stuff. So I would strongly encourage you to start to think about the people within your organisation who potentially can start to help you on that journey. And they will come from a whole range of areas of the business. Now, you might find that not everybody will buy into this. And some people, as we've already said, are resistant to change. They do want to go back to that old normal. It's not happening. But if you can find people in your organisation who can maybe come from the angle of, pro of product, so they can actually look at creation of value and that delivers the purpose. Or maybe you look at people who are focused on the people in your organisation and then they can help you look at stakeholder value and how you'll create that around delivering your purpose. If you're part of an organisation that has strong systems and processes, maybe there in terms of delivering the value, so getting super efficient, actually looking at your measurement and your supply chain and the metrics and actually delivering a lot more efficiencies and more effective way of doing business, maybe that's the kind of people you want to attract into this conversation to help you deliver this purpose. And ultimately, you want really to get finance involved as well, because they will be able to see and measure a financial return on doing this. Organisations who treat this stuff seriously and are actually making deliverable marketing out of this are the organisations who are outperforming those who are ignoring it. The research is growing. This is serious stuff. It's no longer just a nice thing to do. It's a thing that actually we should all be doing in our organisations. So the mindful business model, you may have already seen this. If you go to mindfulcollective.net, um, you will be able to look at this in a lot more detail. And this mindful business model, um, which was something that we came up with to give a more holistic view as to how organisations can actually take this thinking forward. So you can come at this from just maybe one of these little sections and think, OK, well, let's get some quick wins. Let's actually do some good stuff in one area, because if we can do that, it might build some momentum. This is a big, big set of questions. You can't do this stuff overnight. So it's hugely important that you think about where can we get some quick wins so that we can get some confidence into the organisation and start to translate what the world is saying is important into things that you can actually do on a day-to-day -day basis. Because until you do that, it's almost too hard a thing to crack. It's just too big a thing to change. So go through the business model and just see if you can identify some areas where you think, hmm, we've actually done a little bit of work there or well, we thought about that in a recent team meeting. I wonder if we could expand that out. Let's have a little um, virtual conference call or something like that and let's just talk that through. And that in itself would be an incredible step forward. So use the business model to start people talking around this content and this particular subject. Because in time, it may be an opportunity that you can start to engage everyone in your business, in your organisation. At the start, certainly some people will rise to the surface because you've heard them talk about this. You've seen that they're passionate in you know, going green or maybe they were the team rep for the recycling project or something like that. You know, you'll know the characters in the organisation to engage with first. But ultimately, this is about involving everyone. So all of those touch points in that mindful business model are really important because 
in time, this is who we want to be as an organisation. And of course, if it's just left to the decision makers, we won't see this thing played out on the ground. So the customer will never believe that you are actually working to your higher purpose. So to be active and collaborating together is the only way that you can actually offer out in a real sense this higher purpose and to become sustainable. And so now what we're doing is we're starting to align the value that the customer wants with this kind of higher purpose and higher reason for being as an organisation. And of course, what we're seeing now is that purpose sits now at the core of marketing. It's not one of those little add-ons. There's a lovely definition which says that purpose is an organisation's enduring and meaningful reason to exist that aligns with long-term financial performance and provides a clear context for daily decision-making and unifies and motivates relevant stakeholders. That is now marketing. It is about collaboration. It is about unifying and bringing everybody together with a clear, defined purpose or reason for being. And again, there's that word, enduring. It's that enduring reason to exist. So this is lovely stuff. It's top-level strategic but it's also there on the ground on an everyday context of actually helping you to make great decisions. So do you need that new product development to be launched? Well, yes, if it serves your higher purpose and gives value to your stakeholders. If it doesn't, question it, because it might be the old school version of doing it. And the second thing that we sort of see when we're aligning purpose and value is that if we now call this sustainability, the sustainability here becomes intertwined with purpose as we look to serve the long-term well-being of everyone and everything. And this should be the overarching goal of any organisation. And that was a quote from the Mindful Collective. Looking to serve the long-term well-being, now those are key words, really, really key words, the well-being of everyone and everything. So everything that is around you, from the buildings that you're in, to the cars that you're driving, to the environment in which you're residing, and the well-being of everyone, everyone who has a touch point with your organisation, the long-term well-being of those things. Somebody once said to me, not so long ago when I was talking about this concept, and they said, you know, this sounds really wholesome. And I said, whoa, hold on. Can I just stop you there? What did you just say? What was that word? And she said, well, it sounds really wholesome. And I thought, to me, that is a word that just sums this up. There's no longer a place for covert marketing. There's no longer a place for marketing that isn't authentic and true. This is about wholesome marketing. Wholesome. And the whole definition of that word wholesome, it's just the right marketing, the right message, the right intent and the right reason for being there as an organisation. So I love that word and I tell a lot of people that word now because when, when it was said to me, I just got it. That just to me summed everything up about this. It's just the right way of doing it might be something that you've been doing for a long, long time. And if it is, then celebrate that and see how you can build upon it because you might already have that competitive edge. But if you're in an industry or in an organisation where that doesn't really ring true, and actually if you take a long, hard look at yourself, you think there's a lot of work to be done. I wouldn't describe us as wholesome as an organisation. Then now is the time to begin to get some support to really take this seriously.
So what are the next things that you're going to do? There's some big, big opportunities here. The mindful business model on mindfulcollective.net will be a really great reference point for you. So I would strongly suggest you go in and have a little look at that because that will be your good little checklist. And I would tell you sort of really, I think probably the easiest way to get started on what is a very, very potentially long process. And it might be a a never ending process. And in lots of ways, that's fine. That is continuous improvement. But the three things I'd recommend that you do are prioritise the quick wins. Get some little wins, little things that are just easy to do that you can share internally and then maybe start to grow. You don't have to be biting off the biggest thing on the pie here. You can just deal with something that you know you could change. And maybe that is you changing it individually, or maybe you as a team do it before you introduce it to the rest of the business. Get some quick wins, get some examples, get some evidence. Second thing I'd recommend you do, if you're willing to take on this challenge, is to get a sponsor. Find somebody who is influential within the organisation. I mean, ideally at a senior management level, um, C-suite or executive level or at at a sort of a a departmental level. Get somebody who's in a position of influence, somebody who is listened to, somebody who is a little bit of a leader, not just a manager within the organisation. Get a sponsor, somebody who you can go to for guidance and mentoring and advice, but who can actually, you know, sort of help you in terms of getting the message out there into the right areas of the business. And the final thing I would suggest is building a passionate tribe. There is nothing better than actually seeing some momentum building in something like creating sustainable marketing by building it through a passionate tribe. Now, this could be people within your marketing team, your peers and your colleagues, but it could be people outside. Keep an eye and an ear open at all times for people who are kind of talking about this, maybe on the intranet or maybe you just hear, you know, just anecdotal evidence that, oh, there's a person over there. They sound like they could be up for this. Build a tribe that works on passion. The higher the frequency, the energy behind this, the higher um, energy and momentum you can build in this, the more successful it will be. Enjoy this and have fun. Think of this, it is partly a threat, but think of this as mostly opportunity, because it is. The organisations and the people and the marketers who can really crack this, as again, as Mark Carney says, are going to be the ones who are going to be left in the game. If you choose not to play, you're going to be out of business because the world has changed. But these three little things, prioritise the quick wins, get a sponsor and build a passionate tribe are definitely, for me, the three steps that you can take to begin this journey.